You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 736 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Today, we're headed to typically sunny California, where we're wandering through avocado orchards of Carinata Farm, home to Casey Cannon and her stunning Hanoverian Stallion Diesel CF. And while we're on the coast, we also bumped into our good friend Nadine Schwartzman, who's enjoying some professional development time with her mentor and friend Sabine Shutkeri between the last two CDIs at the Desert International Horse Park. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Wellington, Florida. And this is Noah Ratner from Sherwood, Oregon. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hey, Reese. Hi, Noah. How are you? I'm good. Guess what? I am home. And where are you? Stop it. Oh, I am at my new temporary home. Uh, so we did the trek to Wellington. So I'm actually here now for four months, uh, which Live is crazy. Live from Welly World. Live from Welly World. I know. And nice. I'm at a new farm. So um, I get a lot of questions of like, how do you do this? First of all, <laughs> literally, it takes a village. Like it, it is. It, it is a production. I'm gonna knock on wood because we're only like the horses got here yesterday. <laughs> this was our first full day, but and we're at a new farm, and so far, so good. Knocking on wood. Um, Yeehaw. Yeah, it's been a it's been a pretty soft landing. Um, our new farm, great land. You know, farm owner. He's been super nice, very helpful. It's very peaceful where I am. I have a beautiful sort of uh, canal, but it's actually quite a nice canal out behind me. Uh, the horses just are chilling out. Like it's it's been lovely. So the, pe- um, the people of the West Coast would like to know: Are there gators in your canal? I'm sure there are. Like uh, yes, <laughs> I'm sure there are gators. Like and, and they're toads. So I've been coming to Florida mm. I, around 20 years. The toads I, like, are what you should be afraid of. <laughs> yes. I mean, they're really like, I don't let my dog off leash at night because, you know, those toads are really bad. Actually, the gators are, I've not seen one in this canal. I don't know if there's one, but I, in, in any Florida body of water, I assume there's gators. Uh, Just but, dip your toe in. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm solid. I like to swim, <laughs> but no, thank you. Um, and so it's a beautiful farm and I'm in a different development uh, and we're kind of in the back of the development. So it's really nice and quiet back here. And uh, the horses have been pretty peaceful. We actually like plunged some horses today. I was so happy. Wow. I know. I was like, wow, this is happening tomorrow. I may actually ride a horse. Don't, don't get yourself excited. <laughs> but yeah, I, I shout out to my team. I mean, it really is a team effort. Elaine Sanders, she did amazing things in Kentucky, uh, packed beautifully. Brookledge brings the horses. Uh, my best friend jumped in the truck with me. She, uh, I was long story i ended up i was going to drive by myself and she's like no you're not so uh she jumped in the truck with me and we just had i mean i was like we're in the truck together for a thousand miles this is so exciting um because i haven't caught up with her for that long you know no yeah it's great i mean you need to catch up with her for that long and we had a really fun trip uh so so far so good so if you're in welly world amazing. reach out i would love to chat with you and see you and noah you're gonna be down soon right it is just around the corner. Like I'll be there in yeah. two weeks. I know. 
So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to chaos each other coming to your city near, near you. <laughs> Wellington is just pure chaos. Like it, it's it's fun chaos. There's something to do every night. Um, you know, Seriously. I'm actually enjoying like the nights we record is kind of like my night off. <laughs> and I get to like put my fantasy jammies on after we record and watch Netflix, which is mm-hmm. my favorite thing. Um, <laughs> and I'm here for the holidays, uh, which is going to be quite nice. My husband's flying in on Christmas. Uh, but you know, again, we have, I have a lot of friends in a community here and it's just special because we're all here together. So, I mean, honestly, I'm like, I don't think I can get everything done on Christmas and, and Christmas Eve. Uh, everyone's like, come over, have an open house. There's so much going on. So, uh, I'm very, very lucky that, um, I feel very much like I have a community and I stayed long enough in, at, at home in Kentucky that I got to do a little Christmas with everybody a little early. So my Christmas has sort of been going on for a couple of weeks and I'm, I'm loving it. I, I think it's way better than uh, on Christmas. Actually, I'm, I get to do my horses. My assistant, she's going to go home. She lives in Tampa. So she's going to go home and I just get to play with my horses and I hang out. <laughs> I'm kind of excited. So um, I hope. Yeah. I feel like, you know, in the in the horse world at large, I feel like the holidays can be really non-traditional and it doesn't matter mm-hmm. like what religion you are. But like no. we we love our horses and we spend so much time with them and we have such great people that are involved in taking care of them and, and supporting us in, in whatever way that we're involved in the sport that yeah. so many people give their team like rest time and, and family time. And so we don't always have traditions that we're able yeah. to continue with and so we're, we're forging <laughs> yeah. our own traditions and we're doing it yes. our way but and, I and love we that. are and i changed it to i mean i had such a hard trip last year and part of it was the traffic the traffic has really changed i mean i came after christmas and i well the whole state of georgia was a parking lot and i thought i'm not <laughs> doing this again for you know for when, when i can celebrate christmas so actually it was beautiful i traveled on a monday you know, right before the holidays. So we literally, you know, little, little, little traffic in Atlanta, but nothing terrible. Uh, so I think, you know, as you start going and, and we're going to talk to Nadine Schwartzman, she's in California training, you know, when you go and do these sort of professional developments and, and moving uh, all, a lot of my clients are also here. So uh, my life doesn't change too much. It just changed locations in different farms. Uh, mm-hmm. But I see most of the horses I see in Kentucky that are also my jumpers and my adventures, they are here. So um, once we sort of get everybody here and started January 1st, we're, we're rocking and rolling. So I'm lucky that it's kind of the same group of horses. And I have about on rotation, about um, 25 that are down here. So uh, once things get started down here, it gets really busy. And, and I'm also lucky. Uh, I, I teach virtuals for anybody that's interested. Um, so I also teach <laughs> shameless plug. a lot. Shameless plug. I guess that's our show. So we get to plug um, <laughs> the beauty of it. Um, but I do also teach virtuals. So now Truly, my my days are really quite busy here. So uh, it is nice to have a little bit of downtime before things really get going. So really looking to be an amazing year. I'm feeling the same way. Like this is this is believe it or not. I just came home. I just came home from thermal and doing my uh, managing my last CDI of the year. And, uh, and so I finally get a little bit of a break, a little respite here. And, uh, and then we hit the ground running like January 2nd, <laughs> I'm back in the air and headed to the next show. So uh, no, so- no rest for the weary, you know? I have to check in. Like, what what is it like to manage a CDI? Like, that is no joke. You know, um, I think that to be honest, 
the the way that our our shows are managed and are organized at the higher levels, um, you have so many people that are experts in the work that they do that are involved in bringing that all together to to put on a CDI, and mm-hmm. so. From some respects, running a CDI actually feels easier than running some of the other shows. Like running a regional champ, running a regional yeah. championships actually is probably one of the harder things that we do, um, just it. because there's so many award ceremonies and there's so many people and there's so many officials. And at the end of the day, sometimes those regional championships, especially in the larger regions, like I know um, Region Eight and Region Nine, like they have so so many arenas, and every one of them has at least two judges. Like at the end of the day, they usually have more officials than we do at a C- at a CDI. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, managing that amount of people and their tra- and all the logistics and all of it, you know, at a CDI, like I said, you know, you have people that are experts in what they do. In the U.S., they all have um, designations. Um, we have uh, basically they're like certifications that as you have more and more experience um, that you go up in your rank level. So um, we have a, a manager and a secretary track that you earn um, as you as you do more shows and you do shows of a larger size and you have more experience, you go up the levels um, from level one all the way up to level five. Um, and I want to just take a second to give a little uh, virtual high five to my friend Andrea Davenport email. And uh, she just became the first person of color in the United States to become a level five manager and also a level five show secretary within the dressage Ooh. sport. And Holy it smokes. is a, Unreal. She is blazing the trail, and yes! I'm so happy for her. She's a good friend. Congratulations, Andrea. Congratulations, um, Andrea. You will you will see her at many of the shows. Um, she's coming out to Thermal next month, and uh, and she'll be at a bunch of the CDIs down in Welly World, so you'll have plenty of chances to see her and congratulate her. Um, but I'm awesome. so happy for her. She's a good friend. But um, those are the kind of people that you see um, running uh, running these CDIs. And it really, you know, you get these people and you get these teams and it's just like a well running engine. Like Mm -hmm. you just you don't really have to think twice about who's going to do something because that's just their job. And um, and I think that we have little pods of that in our country on both coasts um, and even in the Midwest. uh, Shout out to the Texas people. They've got CBS there, too. So. But uh, we've got all of these like um, these great groups of people that are putting on shows. And it's just it's super exciting. This is a great time to be um, an organizer in our country. And um, and there's so much talent in the writing side of it that it, it's fun to be in the support capacity and giving um, mm-hmm. our athletes a stage. So, yeah, yeah oh, I love what I do. Oh my gosh, it's so cool. Well, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have just an exciting year in the show. I think we're both really looking forward to it. And uh and yeah, I just think it's gonna be a great winter and the Olympics are coming up, so we're gonna be on oh, skate down here. So we'll mm-hmm. have lots of things to talk about. Not that Noah and I ever have problems chatting <laughs> and putting things to talk about. <laughs> but Noah, who are our guests today? Because we have a great group coming on. You know, um, I have two friends of mine, I would say, coming on our show tonight. The first one, we're going to chat with Casey Cannon, um, who owns and manages Carinata Farm in uh, in beautiful California in Moore Park. And then we're going to chat with Nadine Schwartzman from Eagle, Idaho. And she's also in California right now, hitting up some of these SoCal shows. Um, and she's uh, spending some time doing some professional development with her friends, Sabine Shoot Carey. And uh, it's fun to connect with both of these people and hear what they're doing and, and what's going on with dressage sport for them. I love it. I love it. Well, we're going to have a quick commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, and we're getting into it. Wahoo! Frequently Asked Questions brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. 
I know my older horse will benefit from a joint supplement, but can it help my younger horse too? Yes, it can. The joints of young horses experience daily wear and tear that can lead to joint degeneration over time. A well-balanced joint supplement provides the building blocks necessary to support healthy cartilage and synovial fluid so horses stay sounder longer. Joint Armor is the product of choice for younger horses. It provides high levels of both glucosamine and chondroitin plus 100 milligrams of hyaluronic acid. Joint Armor is herb-free, so there is no worry about it testing in show horses. Betsy sent us the following comments after she started her five-year-old quarter horse mare on Joint Armor. My vet recommended I try Joint Armor. After 10 days, I couldn't believe the difference. She is now floating across the arena and willingly forward with impulsion and suspension. I am thrilled. She is happier too. Ears up and a soft eye. Thank you for such a great product. You can learn more about Joint Armor at kppusa.com. Got questions about your feeding program? We can help. Email Karen at questions at kppusa.com or call us at 859-873-2974. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to the Dressage Radio Show. Today, we have an amazing guest joining us, and it is a friend of mine, and she has an amazing horse, and you're going to hear all about it. Join me in welcoming to the show Casey Cannon and her awesome Hanoverian Stallion Diesel CF. Hey, Casey. Hi, Casey. Hi, Noah. Hi, Reese. <laughs> We are so excited to have you here, and I think most people probably have seen or heard about your amazing stallion, and we want to hear all about it. So tell us who this magical horse of yours is. Oh my goodness, where do I start? I think I won the lottery, actually, with him, and I mean that in <laughs> a whole a whole spectrum of ways. I It's been a fairy tale. I bought him in early 2016, and I hadn't ridden in almost a decade. So I had a big hiatus. I didn't mean to buy a stallion. So this was a chapter that (laughs) (laughs) was not planned. It was sort of accidental. And I mean, it's, it's literally been a fairy tale uh, adventure with him for the last eight years. We started going back in really 2016 at training level, right after I imported him. And I think Noah, that's where you first saw him. Mm-hmm. And I think you saw that back then he was even like, he was a special horse. He's an extremely willing partner. He's very trainable. He's, he's, his right abilities off the charts. He's talented. He's happy. He likes his work. And as hard as our sport is, he makes it a little easier. And I think one of the best parts about him is that he's very human sort of curious he's more interested in me than other horses, which is nice having a stallion. It's not distracted all the time. And he just has made an, in for an incredible partner for this journey. Every morning I, he lives at home. I, I do all his cleaning, his mucking, I trailer. I, I'm kind of like a one man show helicopter mom with him. I love it. I love that makes it. You a I love a helicopter mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so much work. <laughs> But, um, I mean, even now, every morning I go out, see him at first light and he knickers or whinnies and it still just like melts my heart. So he owns me. I think he knows it. And it's been a cool journey. I mean, we've gone every single level up 
from 2016, and we just did our first Grand Prix Grand at Prix, Thermal. Yeah. Where, <laughs> yay! Yes. And it's cool. I got my gold medal. I was cheering you on, girl. That's amazing. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and it was cool. I got I got our gold my gold medal uh, our first weekend out at Grand Prix at Thermal, not no less. And um, yeah. I'm super happy. I have to say, you know, one of the things we've tried to do, I've tried to do with him, is maintain a really consistent program. And I have to give a big shout out to my trainer here too because it's it dressage is a team sport, and I've been with Amelia Newcomb for since day one with him and she's been by our side this entire journey. And I don't, I couldn't have done this without her. And, um, one of the things I think that's really vital if you have a good team is that, you know, the horse, the trainer has to believe in the horse and the rider and the rider has to believe in the trainer. All the pieces have to be there. And then yeah. once you find that, you just hang on to it. And amen to that. Amen. Casey, real quick, I just want to stop your comment about a consistent training program. I love that. Let's talk about that for a second, because from a trainer to another trainer, like talk, what is your consistent program? How do you do that? I would say, you know, we have, we've been consistent with him. We try to be in all respects. Like he's only lived in two places since I got him. He lived at Spirit Equestrian the first couple of years. And then when I could move him home, he came home. So now we trailer, he's like a commuter. We trailer, you know, we really less than four days a week. And I've had the same trainer the entire time. You know, we've done clinics with different clinicians. And Amelia's great about that. Some trainers really don't want you to ride with anybody else. And she's always super supportive. And if we want to try, you know, take a clinic with somebody, um, we've maintained just a very constant structure for him. Some people really like to trainer hop and move the horses. And I think this is, or, you know, our horses get sold a few times. And I think the more change that they experience, the harder it is. And, and I have just tried to be super consistent with him in, in how we train, the days we train, where we train, with the trainers, with the training. Um, and I think it's also paid off because I think he's very trusting in our relationship. Yeah, I love Amen it. To that. I, I think it's so. I think that's so important. That's why I stopped you because I was like, "Whoa, let's talk about this." Because a lot of people do exactly. It's not going hundred percent, or it's not this, it's not that, and then they change the consistency. And I see it all the time. And you do compete as an adult amateur, but you are his consistent person. And I think that's so important to remember for people. It's like don't trainer hop. It may not be sunshine and roses every day. Exactly. And I think too, you like, I've put my dues in with him. Like, you know, I, I, I don't have a groom. I wouldn't want a groom. It's really why I still only have one riding horse. I just don't, it takes three hours a day for me to ride him, put him, you know, get him ready, trailer him over there, warm him up, cool him down, bring him back. It's three hours. I don't have another three hours every day to do another horse. And I want to be the person that trailers him, that braids him, that grooms him, that washes him, that, feeds him and mucks his saw. And it's a different, it's not your average, you know, I'm definitely come at this from an amateur perspective, but to me, I find a lot of joy in, and being his person. And I don't want someone else to be doing that. I mean, anyone can handle him, but I'm sort of like the obsessive helicopter mom with him. (laughs) (laughs) And it makes me happy. And I think that has helped our relationship too. 
So, Casey, you talk about commuting, you talk about not having enough hours in the day. I think it's important for people to know, in addition to being an amazing horse mom and helicopter mom and trainer and all of the things that you do for this amazing stallion of yours, you also have another kind of side hustle that fuels your fire. Tell us about <laughs> the C, the CF part of your horse's name. The CF part. This This was a pipe dream for a long time. I've always wanted to sort of have a property that combined all of my passions and we were able to make this happen in 2017. And I have to say that when I bought diesel and named him and I can go into his name a little later, but I added a CF in the hopes that I would actually have a care and farms one day <laughs> because it did not exist oh, wow. at that point. Wow. So, that's cool. That's cool. It's yeah. cool. It kind of like these will help me manifest our entire property. And really the property was really because of him. And we jokingly almost named it diesel land in the very beginning, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's really it what it is. <laughs> and yeah, it's, um, I mean, I was a private chef and now I'm a farmer. I'm like chef turned farmer. And I love, mm -hmm. absolutely love growing food. I was not a farmer and I did not have a green thumb before this adventure. <laughs> and in fact, when, when, when we bought our land, my, my, my dad, I think everyone was like, what are you doing? You're buying a piece of raw land. You're going to put in an orchard and farm, but you've never farmed and there's no house there. So you're going to buy a fifth wheel and stick some solar panels up on it and go live there. <laughs> <laughs> living, living the dream. Here we are. Living Here we are. Awesome. I will say the first two years were a little rough. There's, there wasn't Edison power here yet. And, you know, the summers are decent temperature and those trailers are like, oh, it would be, we, we couldn't run the air conditioning because the solar oh, couldn't brutal. run the air conditioning. Oh, so no. it was, couldn't run it. But <laughs> oh. The first two summers, I would literally, I'd, I'd put a beach towel, get it wet, put it in the freezer, and I would go to bed under a frozen <laughs> beach towel. <laughs> oh, my God. Desperate because times, like desperate measures. To, <laughs> it was like 95 <laughs> degrees inside. It was brutal. Oh, yeah. I can't even imagine. I, from from someone who also owns, I, I, I don't have a fifth wheel, I have a travel trailer, but man, that air conditioning didn't work for like a minute. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah no, was, oh my gosh. Well, let's put it this way. When we finally did get Edison power and then we had, we had to run 200 foot extension cord from where the power was over to the, the fifth wheel. Then we could run air conditioning and it was, it was like, actually, no, that ran our refrigerator for the next winter. So we didn't have to run our fridge <laughs> off a generator in the oh winter. My God. God bless and you. then we, once, oh once we built, we built a little house for my aunt. My aunt lives in the house. And once we had the house built, we had an RV like hookup put on the side of it. Oh so then God. we plugged in. And it was like, it was, then all of a sudden it was easier to live in the trailer for a while. Yeah, it was, it was like literally heaven. I have power. That's amazing. So, yeah, I have air conditioning. So, so Ms. <laughs> Ms. Not Green Thumb, what are you growing on this magical farm of yours? Okay. So we planted, we have avocados and mandarins. It's really what we farm for production. We grow three varieties of avocados. We have Haas, which is the gold standard, which is what most people eat. I've, it's funny. Most people pronounce it Haas, but it is technically pronounced Haas. I was literally and, just going to interrupt you and say, and now yeah. they know how to say it. Yeah, now we know <laughs> how to say it. I know how to eat them, but now I know how to say it. Now I'm excited. It's technically a Haas, but it's really, everyone calls them a Haas. So then we grow a great granddaughter of the Haas, which is called a lamb Haas. And it was actually a Haas crossed with a dwarf 
Gwen, I believe. And it's a smaller tree, but it produces larger fruit that is often sold into the food service industry because there's less prep time. And it's a later variety house. So, you know, we can start picking our house. The packing house is open in mid-January, but we can't start picking our lamb house until really the full opening date is early July. So, um, it's a much later season crop. It's great because generally Mexico is starting to run out of fruit by then and prices come up once our once our lambs are available for picking. And then we grow a gem, which is a new variety, and it's a California-only fruit. They cannot grow it in Central uh, America. And so if you buy a gem, you know it's it's a California fruit. And it's a lovely piece of fruit. It's a beautiful fruit. It's, I think it tastes better than a half. We even ran a little, we do challenge boxes. So we'll send out three halves and three gems and then let people fill out a survey. And gem is beating the half right survey. now. I got to get on that survey. list. Yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah. go and I get on this list. I want to do this. We'll do a full on tasting. Please. <laughs> send me your addresses. And when, when we start picking, I'll ship you guys some avocados. Fruits the labor. I like that. We also grow, um, our area has some potential for frost. Not it's generally, we don't get a lot of frost. Avocados do not like frost, which is why they're usually planted up on hillsides, but we have a Valley down the middle of our property and in the flat areas aligning our driveways and anywhere where there might be frost, we have mandarins planted, which they can tolerate temperatures down to about 20, 28, 27 degrees. So they're fine. Um, so we sell mandarins and we sell avocados and we do a direct to consumer where when I have time, I'll do the farm boxes where you can order online and then we ship around the U.S. And, and it's been very gratifying also to send it directly to the consumer. It's been fun. Wow. You may not know this about me, but I love to cook. So can we pivot? Personal, private chef, talk to me. This sounds amazing. You did that too? Uh, Yes, I did. This is a a bonkers chapter of my life. It was crazy. I did go to Le Cordon Bleu and was like formally trained. And then I was interested in being going private because as chefs in restaurants, unless you own your own restaurant, it's generally a brutal job. It's not very lucrative. So I went the private route and I worked as a private chef for about six years. And most of that time, about four and a half years, I was with one family in Montecito. And it was crazy. It was amazing in a lot of respects. It was a lot of work. I mean, there were times I was doing 100-hour weeks. It was a full-on job. I mean, I did, you know, traveled internationally with them. I would spend, you know, weeks, months at a time on private islands dealing with issues like procuring food and (laughs) there's a whole different spectrum of issues, you know, often like private flights and helicopters and, and doing really big, you know, kind of high end events for, you know, the giving pledge or nature conservancy, Ferrari. uh, And it it was, it was fun. I got to be very good at cooking and I I loved the way they ate pretty much a plant-based and they grew a lot of their own food. So for me, I became a very good chef that like really featured plant-based cuisine and seasonal cuisine. And they actually grew their own food and their ideal situation, the food was picked to plated within four hours. So there was just a whole, it, I mean, it was, it was, yeah, it was a chapter I'll never forget, but, um, and it also, because it just helped me 
really understand also where food and ingredients came from. And it, it, mm-hmm. it sparked my interest into farming. You know, it's, I think it's easier to have, we have about 3,700 trees here and it's easier to manage 3,700 trees than to work for That's one nuts. family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can, I, I get it. Yep. Yep. I can understand. <laughs> but it amazing. was, it, it, yeah, it was a cool chapter. I mean, I, I learned some skills from that that, you know, really carried on. Um, and I have loads of stories, but it is definitely a career option that's, that, uh, it's fun. It's just a bit overwhelming sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. You know, Casey, we talked, I think it was one or two episodes ago. I'm getting lost. This is our fourth date, just in case. It's our fourth date. He's already getting lost. (laughs) (laughs) no we're just so immersed in it now like you know now we stopped counting because it's official so anyways but that's a different story for later (laughs) but you know um i was thinking back we talked to tana faxon and uh and she has that amazing lusitano stallion named flash and she's a lawyer and she you know owns her practice and you know there's so much crossover in our sport where you just stop and you realize we have so many people that are attached to so many other industries, but they're connected and they're united and unified by their love for horses. And I just think that's the coolest thing. Tell me a little bit about um, about the following of people that are basically, it's like a little religion with Diesel. Um, I know that he's got foals on the ground and, uh, and that's part of the journey. Now, tell me more about that. You know, th- this has been such an unexpected gift that I never, you know, I bought him as a riding horse. And the stallion chapter has been amazing. Once I imported him, it's interesting, you know, everybody, when I bought him and he was in CEM quarantine up in Oregon, literally everyone was, you have to geld him. You know, he's going to kill someone. You're going to get killed. You know, you're going to get sued. It was so negative and no one, no one liked stallions here. I think they had such a bad reputation. And I just was like, well, you know what, if, if I need to geld him, I'll geld him, but I'm going to try this. And six months after he was here, all of those people don't ever geld this horse. Like he, he kind of changed, I think people's perceptions of stallions and maybe how they can and should behave. I personally feel like maybe he opened the door to having stallions you know, competing here and having more stallions in the U S that there should be stallions here and there should be stallions competing and there should be stallions available for breeding. Um, I think there's a market and a need for it. Um, but it has been a very interesting chapter. I mean, I have, gosh, I have so many stories where I just think, Oh my gosh, the things we had to go through and things you never expected to go through. Like when we went to (laughs) phantom training, you know, like it's just, uh, it's just, it's a whole nother facet to, to, you know, outside of the writing and it has created such a wonderful network of people for me. He does have, uh, he has a fair number of foals on the ground and I've been introduced to so many wonderful North American breeders and I'm pretty active. I try to stay in touch with, with breeders and what, you know, their foals and try to help, you know, put people in touch that are looking. I get contacted a lot by people looking for diesel offspring. It really seems like he passes on, his um this character this very human oriented curious kind like character to his foals and breeders come back i think you know and i think this is what we need in north america i mean i'm the i can manage him 100 percent by myself and i think that says a lot that 
a lot of stallions aren't like this, you know, or especially not amateur or friendly where the amateur can actually, you know, I can, and now I handle him for the collections. Um, this whole last year I handled him during breeding and, um, he, he makes it easy. Like we can collect, I can go straight to a show and he's, you know, no change in him at all. So I love that. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's it's, amazing. it's, it's, it's helped. And, and it's nice. Last year I actually bought two of his colts because I mm-hmm. believe in this horse a hundred percent. And I thought, well, I can't have another one of him, but so I bought <laughs> two of his colts. <laughs> and now they're here at the farm. So, and, and he's actually sometimes they go in a pasture just above him. So he gets to like touch noses with them and, Aww, and he, he like adores them. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> well, I and, have um, to ask Casey yeah. about your trip to Germany to train with Helen Langen Hannenberg. Oh my gosh, she's the coolest person. Tell me more. No, it was like such a bucket list item, honestly. When I got back from so Germany, cool. I almost felt like <laughs> I felt like I didn't have to do anything else. I was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> honestly, it would it was amazing. I have to thank my dad for this. I sort of I begged him to help pay for our flights and I pitched it. I don't have kids. <laughs> so I was like, Dad, yeah. this is your great <laughs> yeah. son. I- <laughs> I, I played. I played this card before. So I, I gotta. Re- I gotta remember this one. I'm making a note. Yeah, I have <laughs> totally note. played this card. Oh, yeah, it's a good card like, to this play. This is your grandson. <laughs> this would be like a college fund. You know, can you help? Yeah. Can you help swing our flight? <laughs> and he did, which was awesome. So, and off we went. We spent 60 days with Helen, and Helen. Helen is top. I mean, yeah, she took me under her yeah. wing, and it, it was an amazing experience. She took me with her to Denmark for a world cup qualifier that she showed in, she, you know, open, open barn. I was, I could watch all of her rides, all the trainers in there, all the horses, see everything. She invited me to every show, even the local shows she went to. And it was just hugely eye opening. You know, the, the depth of the riders, the horses, the training over there was amazing because I mean, even, even going to the world cup qualifier, you know, a huge indoors, a huge vendor area, like the shows are so big and there's so many people that come out and it's, we, we just don't have that in North America and we don't have anything uh, like it. No, we don't have, and it, it was rewarding to go and see that, that there is a huge, you know, obviously we all know this, there's a huge sport over there, but when you go and kind of immerse yourself in it, you know, you realize too how serious they are. You know, I'm always just like, woohoo, like this is so fun. I love my horse. Happy smiles <laughs> is like <laughs> Yeah. And over there yeah. it is like it is cutthroat and just like you know, it's business. And, <laughs> it's business. Yeah. It's serious, it's business. And I, I almost had like a little midlife crisis when I was over there because I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm not like Helen. Like she's <laughs> so dedicated and she's she she I mean she's so hardworking and so dedicated and you know she's like a machine and and I think you know I don't want to ride 10 horses a day like I love having one horse I love having the time to to do all the other stuff and it it one, it, ho- it, one horse one horse and 3700 avocado trees yeah you got it you got <laughs> a little bit things going on t- she's got 10 horses you have 3700 yeah. avocado trees <laughs> and a stallion trees. yeah <laughs> I, I think it's different <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough but it was it was nice to know and then I realized you know what that's okay like I yeah. I like I love my relationship with my horse I love 
that I can put the time and I wouldn't want it any other way. And that was also nice to sort of realize and then just embrace, you know, that there's, there's nothing wrong with that, that that's an admiral no, thing. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really important just to say for anybody who's like, I just have one horse. That's okay. Yeah. You just like, have one. It's you know, okay. I, yeah. I, yeah. It's fine. You need to be dedicated. You need to keep the routine. All the things that you've said on how you've kind of climbed that ladder of success is perfect. And I think that it's okay to not a professional riders. That's what you do. And, and that is her job and that's what she does every day. And it's fun sometimes to get a glimpse into it, but then just like anything, it is a job. And I think that's the, the illusion people are like, Oh, if I just was a professional trainer and you're like, Oh, just hold on. <laughs> yeah, Let's talk about it. It's, yeah. It's a different thing. <laughs> it's a different thing. It's a different thing. But Helen was absolute. She made the trip totally what it was. And it was definitely probably two of my favorite months so far in my life. It was, it was epic for me and diesel. I think Diesel loved it. And I have to say, too, it's nice having a horse that he loves to go new places. He doesn't worry. He, he's, he sleeps and lays down like day one. You know, he's not a stressor. He's all, like, I'll take him often trail riding off to new places. And I go by myself. Uh, we're places where there's no horses. And he's just like, where are we going? You know, and it was nice to be able to go to Germany and know, OK, I'm not worried about the flights. I'm not worried about him being worried. So that was, that was, that made the trip a little bit easier too. And then also one of the cool things when I was there, I got to meet his full brother who is a few hours North of where Helen, he's retired now, but Damsey, uh, Helen's international yes. Grand Prix horse that mm-hmm. she campaigned for five years, maybe a long, time. Um, yeah, a long time, long time. I think he got up to like fourth in the world rankings. Like, so I got to go meet him and it was cool. It was, it was surreal. Like I literally was like teary when I first saw him. Like, <laughs> it's such good perspective and it's such an amazing journey. And you know, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's so much fun because I've seen him since he was basically a baby and you guys were doing training level at a little backyard show in Somas. Mm-hmm. And then to watch you guys do Grand Prix and thermal last week is unreal. So you got a, a whopping score your first time out at Grand Prix from a five-star judge Tell us a little bit about last week's show uh, in Thermal and what your plans are for Diesel and the future. Oh, man. No, last weekend, it was, I'm so proud of him and I'm, I'm really happy with how the show went. Yeah, we did. We got a six. I, I'm very happy with the scores too. We got a 65 on our first really official debut. I'm glad it's over. I have to say that I put a lot of, there's a lot of pressure too that I don't necessarily love about having a breeding stallion that. You know, and I think breeders have always been so supportive about me showing him and learning at this level because, of the, you know, I'd gotten I'd, my first horse I showed two pre-St. George's with and then 10 years off. So, you know, I won inner two and Grand Prix is all new stuff for me. And anyway, no, I'm happy. I, I did annihilate the zigzag. <laughs> Would, <laughs> That's fair. First time. Okay, it's that's fair. normal. Very normal. <laughs> Happens to the, everybody. Seriously, I'm like, this is the hardest part of the test. And then I just have, uh, you know, we just have to, we can do the zigzag at home clean, but in the show, I just completely destroyed it. And that was fine. Uh, it was my fault. Uh, but I'm super happy with him. He was, he was great. And I'm also, this is interesting. I finally feel like I'm becoming a better writer because of, I don't want to say because of the Grand Prix, but you don't have like the, te- it's so difficult. And the test, 
there's no time to sort of, yeah. And you have to think about every corner and every short side and, and you become a better writer just so you can get through that. You can't wing it. You know, there's no winging. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's literally no winging it. You've got to run every step and be able to do it. Yeah. So I, I feel like, you know, this weekend I didn't have any little mental I don't want to say freak out, but it wasn't like there was a time in the Grand Prix where I thought, oh my God, I'm riding the Grand Prix. And like, just then all of a sudden you like, it's happening or something. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So it was good. I'm becoming a better rider. And Helen helped me with this too. We started riding a test a week when I was in Germany and we, we didn't do that at home. And, you know, I told Amelia leading up to this, like, I need to ride the test over yes. and over and over. And Diesel, Diesel's good. He doesn't anticipate and take over even when he knows what's coming. He'll wait for me. So yes. I can school him like this. But it made a huge difference because there wasn't one time where I thought, what's next? Like, I, you know, yeah. I'm not worried about where I'm going. I can literally just focus on the test itself. And oh, so I'm happy that's... about that. Yeah, I think that's actually another great thing you said. I mean, I think people get really nervous about writing the tests, um, and especially as the tests get harder. That is a thing. I also ride tests once a week, and it's like it, it's Thursday just because my sponsor comes on Thursday, and she likes and and she's good at like, nope, that wasn't straight. No, that wasn't you know. And uh, yeah. it was a great way for her to be involved, but it also makes me practice the test. And at the end of the day, the Grand Prix is a test, and you have to ride the test. Yeah. So that's yeah. important. When are we going to see you in the arena again? Oh, you know, I, I, I don't think we're going to do the thermal in January, which I want to support the show, but I don't think Amelia is going. I think our plan is, and I need to talk to her about what her schedule is, but probably the, the Del Mar shows uh, is where we'll, we'll ride the test again. And we have homework to do. We, you know, I, he needs to still get just, it's unbelievable the fitness level that they need. And I think, um, for us right now at home, I have, I'm getting like such an incredible feeling and I'm hoping that the next time we show, I can carry that into the show ring because it's, it's, it's just a new level of course and, and picture. And, um, and so, you know, I think I'm happy to do a little bit of homework. I'm happy that the, he's officially a Grand Prix horse. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable that I got my gold medal on our first weekend out on a stallion that I brought up from training level. I think, yeah, you know, I think I'm Amelia's That's first amazing. client. It's, it is. Huge. It was a big weekend. Yeah. And kudos also like Amelia too. Like, you know, I think I'm the first student that she's trained all the way up to Grand Prix. And I think that says a lot too. Y'all have to keep on rocking it. We're happy to hear that you're supporting <laughs> all those West Coast shows. Yes. And we have, we have to scoot off. And I knew that this was going to happen. We just had too much fun talking. But before we <laughs> let you go, you yeah. have to tell our listeners, how did your farm name come to be? Okay, so Carinata Farms. My my <laughs> grandparents. Okay, my grandfather. He built a, a business. Actually, his father invented something, and then he built a business from it. And when he, they sold the business, this was back in the '60s, so it was a long time ago. They bought a boat, and they lived on this boat for five years. And it was sort of like their fairy tale chapter. It was my grandmother's favorite time of their life. They just had, you know, they have a friend visit. It was a, it was a five year paradise for them, and my grandmother named the boat Carinata, and the name came from a twofold. Carinata was like her Spanglish, I guess. It was like Carinata, like not a care in the world, and that was that's how they felt when they were on the boat. And then also Carinata 
means little canon, and my last name is Canon, their last name is Canon, so little <laughs> canon in a certain dialect of Spanish. So it's like it that is tongue in cheek. Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love and it. then we like I decided if I was ever gonna have a farm, I, it needed to be called Carinata Farms because this was gonna be my little slice of heaven and it was sort of a tribute to my grandparents. And my aunt lives with us too. She lives in the house. It's their daughter, my aunt Janice Bunchu and so she's been part of this crazy journey. She didn't. She actually lived in a fifth wheel too for a year. Or so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing, girl. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's a thing. <laughs> so that's where that's where the farm name comes from. It's from. Uh, it's originally from a boat, and I love it. And it's we actually the font for Carinata was the same font they used on the boat, and and the oh, the man. CF in our. The CF in our logo was the shoe. The C was actually Diesel shoe that he wore over from Germany. So, Aww, wow, I love, love that. It. There's some tradition and history. It's great. Yeah. Okay, Casey, yeah. we had we had so much fun chatting with you today. If people want to get in touch with you, learn more about Diesel CF and Carinata Farms, how do they get in touch with you? Facebook is probably the best. I have a Facebook page, Casey Cannon. I think the actual name is called Cannon Plugs, which was actually the little electrical connector that the electric company was based off of that my grandfather had. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, and then we do have a Karen Auto Farms Instagram account, and we are going to be creating a Diesel CF Instagram account. Now that he's Grand Prix, I think he he needs Yes, he deserves it. (laughs) He's got his fan club, so... And if people want to take a survey and find themselves buying some family-grown fresh <laughs> avocados straight yeah. from your trees, how do they Woo! do that? They do that through our website, which is carinatafarms.com. There, we don't. We only have them available for fairly limited time. I do all of it. I pick them. I clean the fruit. I print the packing list. I take them to the post office. So. For limited times, I'll sell the farm boxes, and I usually do an email list. So sign up for our email uh, on our website, and then I'll I let people it. know when we have them. Um, and then, yeah, we sell different boxes, and we do a combo box. And if you do the combo box, then you can go back and take a survey on which avocado you like the best. Love we it. will awesome. gladly do that. Casey, so much <laughs> fun to chat with you. Thank you so happy, much. Happy holidays. You, Hope you have a you wonderful too. new year. Holidays, you do save happy new year. Thank you for this you opportunity. <laughs> Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there, stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that US Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with US Rider's nationwide 24 7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org. I am so excited that I get to talk to a very, very, very good friend of mine. Please welcome to the show my friend Nadine Schwartzman from Eagle, Idaho. Nadine, how's it going? Very well. I'm actually not in Eagle, Idaho right now. I'm <laughs> in Southern California. <laughs> very lucky. Um, Rub it I'm in. in Southern California for the month. And um, I get to do two of the desert dressage shows in thermal. Yeah. And then in between, I'm training with Sabine Shoot Carey. You know, it's just such a bummer that you have to spend your time, you know, yeah, training with the best, really the, cool. the best in the West <laughs> and going to amazing horse shows. So tell yeah, me I'm definitely cool. roughing it. Yeah, sure. yeah, 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 I love it. So, you just came off of a, a pretty awesome CDI with a new horse. Tell me about the horse and uh, and whose it is, and uh, and tell me what's new. 
Yes. So we got a very, very exciting new horse. His name is Royal Flash, um, but his barn name is Roy. And my wonderful client, Kelly Hazar, just purchased him a few weeks ago. Um, We did a really exciting horse shopping trip and we did like five days, tried over 30 horses, drove almost 4,000 kilometers and found our, our perfect boy. And like I said, I've only had him a few weeks, but I feel like he's a really promising horse. Um, I entered him in the medium tour just because I wanted to get to know him a little bit better. But for his Piaf Passage tour, he's already scoring aids in the CDI consistently. He was a little excited, but I think the more we get to know him, that'll just get better. And I've had three lessons with Sabine now, and she can help us make him even more special than he already is. So I think we have a super, super exciting horse for the future in him. There's something really cool to me about you, Nadine, and I think that's that even though you're at the top of your game and you're you're a gold medalist and, you know, you have so many students that have won so many accolades and have won their medals themselves on horses that you've helped them train, but then you're still seeking your own education and, and you're on that journey. Tell me about why that's important to you and why Sabine is your partner in that. So I think it's the most important thing for anybody. And I'm unfortunately a little bit isolated in Idaho. So I ride probably 95% of the time by myself. And I really needed to find a solution because I can just tell even after a few days, yeah, how much better I'm riding. And Mm -hmm. Sabine to me is, is honestly the best choice. Like she's, she loves the horses, um, our, our systems mesh beautifully. So she's not trying to change how I do things, but she's enhancing it. And she just really, really brings out the best in me and my horses. And I just enjoy her as a person as well. She's just a wonderful human being. Yeah. So this is kind of a big deal for me because I have a a big facility in Idaho and I have a big boarding and training business, which is difficult to leave. Um, Mm -hmm. So this has been in the works for a whole year. Yeah. (laughs) And um, just to, you know, save the money to be able to do it and then organize um, who's going to take care of everything at home. And thankfully, I have a great friend, Sherelle Garcia, who's an FEI writer from the Netherlands who lives in uh, Utah. And so she moved into my facility and took over my clients for the month and is riding all the horses. And I feel so good about that. And it really gave me that peace of mind to take my competition horses here for a month and and gain that education and really immerse myself and, and work on myself. Because usually I have to ride 10 to 15 horses every day and you have to pace yourself a little bit. You can't really mm-hmm. go yeah. all out. And now I have... Yeah. I have three horses here and I can really, really focus on myself. And then it's never boring in my world. So actually next (laughs) week I have a horse coming in from Hungary that I'm going to pick up in LA and then bring him over um, and then have him hang out with us the last two weeks. So yeah, so we're always shopping and and buying and training and and it's just really exciting to be here and to just take lessons and to not be the trainer, but to be the student again. And I really enjoy that. I think that's so great that that I'm able to do that. 
It's fantastic. I mean, they mean, you know, I just literally picked myself up and came to Florida really for the same thing. People ask like, why do you do that? And it's just to immerse yourself and to get education and to be around other, other trainers. So talk to me about Southern California, because we did get a listener question about how do you, how do, how do you do Florida? So I actually wanted to kind of pose that question to you about training in Southern California. How do you do that? How did you find kind of yeah, tell tell everybody the process a little bit. So for me, I mean, first of all, it's location. I'm located on the West Coast, so it's easy for me. I can drive the horses down myself, um, which makes it a lot more reasonable because I'm just a horse trainer, so budget is definitely um, <laughs> a concern sometimes. And I really, I've done Florida, but and, and I like Florida, but I really, really love California. I think the the vibe is great, the weather is great. It's not humid, you know. It's that perfect seventy degrees and dry, and the horses just seem to absolutely love it here. And yeah, so I've been coming to California for for many years now. Usually only for a few weeks, so this is our our first little bit longer trip, but I hope that I can continue to come down here for these longer trips and keep seeing Sabine. And and it's just so inspiring. I mean, I'm sure for the same reason, Florida is inspiring, but just this morning, the horse I didn't ride in a lesson, I rode, you know, on my own. And I'm in the arena riding together with Sabine Tutkeri and Christina <laughs> Traurig. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm riding with these Olympians, you know, in the same <laughs> arena. And it's just amazing. So yeah, I'm a huge California fan and I, I love the life style too like I got a um accommodations right on the beach like I can see the ocean actually right now while I'm talking to you oh and love, it. love it love it love it it's just it's really really nice um and I love yeah. the shows um I think the shows are really comfortable I think the weather is really consistent we don't get a lot of storms on this side of the country. I love the venues. I love Thermal. They put so much work into that facility. The show management is great. And then we have Delmar, which is also wonderful. And I can actually get my husband, who's a non-horse person, to want to come here because (laughs) uh, he would not want to come to Florida. But, you know, I don't have to twist his arm to go to Delmar. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a struggle. My mind would say the same. He'd be like, "Let's go to Del Mar. That sounds great." <laughs> he's a pr- he's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, well, he's, we had a call earlier this week um, with the USEF um, and all of the West Coast FEI organizers, and just talking about how the West Coast is vibing right now. We've got a lot of new CDIs, and we've got growth, and um, and we it seems like we have good momentum. I know we're just talking about Del Mar. Um, that's where things are shifting after the last show at Thermal um, at the Desert International Horse Park. So that's where I was last week and headed back there for the first CDI of the of the new year, which I'm excited to see you there at. But uh, we've got yeah. all these new shows coming up in Del Mar. What do you think? What's going on for you on the West Coast? Do you think this is the place to be? I hope so. And I hope that all the other riders will continue to support these shows as well and that we have enough participation and sponsors because you know, for me, it's just not doable to go to Florida and compete there with my business here and my family. And I'm sure a lot of people are in the same shoes. And this way, we have all the opportunities. Like we have a four star now on the West Coast. I mean, you can do everything here now that you can do on the East Coast. And I think that's important. And um, yeah, I'm a huge supporter. And I, I hope I can continue to bring horses here to 
to compete. And I love seeing all these shows um, popping up and, and that we really have a full CDI schedule now. Like if you want to ride in a CDI, you have your pick. Lots to choose from, beautiful facilities, and very well run and managed. So we have it all it, now on the West Coast. I think it's it's really exciting. It's an exciting time for our country. And, you know, we've got the Paris Olympics coming up here in just a matter of months. And then right behind that, we've got the LA 2028 Olympics. And it's just really exciting to see that there's really good infrastructure coming together on the West Coast. And nice to have the collaboration of the organizers with the USCF on the call earlier this week and hear that there's, there's going to be some more effort in coordinating these so that we have more of a rhythm and we can help migrate the riders up and down the coast. So I'm super excited about that. You mentioned your husband, and he's a friend of mine as well. And he he does something really cool on the farm, even though he's not really involved in the like the horse side of it. And it has something to do with uh, hay and pastures and everything. What's he doing on the farm at home? Well, you make it sound like he actually makes the hay, but he's more in a advisory <laughs> capacity. No, he's you know he he's been very very supportive, and I think for you know for a big city boy surgeon to move in the country for me and and be around horse manure and and dirt and mud and um, I think if you if you want to know if your husband loves you, that's probably the answer right there. And uh, yeah, he's been incredibly supportive. And um, now that we have our horse Kane, he's actually a little bit interested even and um, mm-hmm. wants to see what our horse is doing. Oh, and so that's kind of exciting. This is, how we start yeah. it. this is how it happens, everyone. Stay tuned. Bit by bit. Slow <laughs> <laughs> <Flow> and steady. <laughs> I think the, the oh, first yeah. time I went there and I saw the hay pivot and I saw him managing the, the water, the irrigation system. And I was like, oh, he is hooked. Like, yeah, this is a hot. done deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he likes being on the iPad and, you know, controlling the pivots and the sprinklers. And and it is great because we are able to produce all of our own hay. So I never have to worry about giving extra hay. Like our horses have hay 24-7, you know, as much as they want because it's just not a concern. And that's that's another beautiful thing about living, you know, out west and in Idaho. Keeping horses here is incredibly easy. Um, and we have lots of space, lots of pasture. So... I love yeah, it. If he so wants to, to you know, have a have a, a you know consultation in Georgetown, Kentucky, you just let me know. I, I have also started growing my head. Do not have a pivot. Like that's that's a little bit. You have a little bit more land, but you know what? He can come on over and he can manage can that too. I, I love it. Yeah, I'll connect you guys. <laughs> yeah, connect him. See, like, how do you want to expand your hay business? Like, I yeah, I feel you. I start. I did my. I I've also a little hay side gig going on, and it is actually. Uh, it 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 does hurt more when you buy hay when you're like oh, I can grow it for this and it's better so I I get it <laughs> so Nadine you came on the show gosh when we came through the test writing cycle and yes. wanted to hear about the test writing how that process is continuing right now because that that is a process that goes on all the time right. It is. And I'm actually so excited. Just a couple of days ago, I got the email and I was invited back on the test writing Yay. committee. So I can see why. You I'm, were phenomenal. <laughs> when you came on the show, I loved that's it. how we met. Yeah. Fantastic. And I told Noah too, that's like the best job I've ever had. Like It makes me <laughs> so happy. 
and I get to work with these really smart, really amazing people. And I felt they were actually listening and they wanted to hear from a writer and um, we could really implement change. And I think we did a really good job. Like I think there are a lot of tests that are so much better and, you know, it's really good for me to get feedback. So I encourage everybody, um, if you have an opinion on the current test, please reach out to me. Like, I'm super easy to find on social media. Send me a Facebook message because I really want to hear what people think about the test because we're just going to start again talking about what changes we want for the next uh, test cycle. So if you have anything you want to tell me about the test, definitely contact me. Let me know because I'm always thinking about them. Like I have all these sketches with like new ideas and um, things I want to change. And um, yeah, so I'm really excited that I'm back on board for the next four years. I think they they could not have tapped a better person for this. And it's so great, like you were saying, Nadine, that, you know, that they've got a writer um, that is actively writing every single level from training level to Grand Prix that can give them good perspective and can go out and ride the movements. And I can see in my head, I can envision Hilda Gurney doing the same thing because God knows she's doing it too. But, um, but it's the same thing is that, you know, you have such good perspective on that. So we're a year into the new test uh, cycle. Um, are there any things that are like slam dunk? You guys are all running around the room, giving yourselves high fives and being like, this was awesome. And uh, is there anything that you're like, Ooh, we got to go back to that one. I think overall, we were really, really happy. Um, I think first level test three needs some tweaking. Yes, um, it's the longest yes. test on the planet. Let me just, let me just come out and say it, everybody. You're welcome. <laughs> So, and I wrote it quite a bit this year and every time yeah. I wrote it, I'm like, oh gosh, this was not it. Um, Ooh, so yeah. we're definitely going to go back on that one. Um, but I, think, er- <laughs> but I think everything else worked out really well. And I think the one we're the most proud um, of is fourth level test three. I think oh my that gosh, one yes. really so has changed the face of fourth level. Finally, yes. after all these <sighs> years, because people want to write fourth level now. Like I've had clients mm-hmm. actually say, hey, I want to write this test. Like this looks fun. And this looks like it's a little bit easier than pre-St. George. I can do this. <laughs> yes. Whereas before it was like, oh my gosh, this is way harder than pre-St. George. I'm not doing this one. Oh, it was awful. And <laughs> so I think that we did well there. And there were a couple other tweaks and, um, and I do a lot of young horses, so the, we did some very minor tweaks to the four-year-old test, but that I think make a huge difference for the young horses. So I was yeah. really excited about those changes. But yeah, so we're definitely going to go back, you know, look at every single test. And we really work on this for three, three and a half years. And um, we meet, you know, once a month or every other month. Yeah. Um, and everybody gets the homework and, and it's pretty involved, but I really enjoy it. Like this has really, this is my absolute favorite volunteer work. And I was just thrilled to get that email because I was hoping they would <laughs> um, ask me to come back. Yes. It's a huge, it, this is a, that's a big job. You know, a couple of the committees you sit on and they're going to be, they're going to be jobs, they're honors to do, but it really does require an and I don't know that everybody understands that these jobs are going on all the time. It's not just like, oh, something came out in the press. Like it's it's once a month. Like it is a real commitment to doing these jobs, but they are super fun. So I love that. 
I'm so grateful yeah. that you serve on that committee, Nadine, and I'm so excited that they asked you to do it again. Um, it's just, it's great. And like Nadine said, you know, if you have ideas or suggestions or um, you want to contribute to the process, uh, we're open ears. Um, I think yeah. I said that from, you know, the executive board standpoint, um, but the committee uh, members, they want to hear from you. So if there's something that you dread, not just because you're not good at it, but like you dread it because it's just, you know, the ride drags on forever and ever, or you feel like there's a move that doesn't make sense at that level or that test, like this is your direct contact point. And this is someone that is open to receiving that feedback and will take it and run with it. And I would say the same thing to the organizers that listen to um, is that, you know, maybe logistically, you know, a test doesn't flow a certain way. Or even for me, when I look at uh, the arenas at the venues that I'm managing shows that whether it's mine or somebody else's venue, I might see that, oh my gosh, this particular test is really lopsided and asymmetric and that we do most of one kind of movement on one side and that's impacting me it's good perspective that the people that are writing the test might not necessarily have. So uh, roll the dice, send some feedback, help yeah. us create the next version of these. Um, and that way Nadine and, and the team can keep doing what they're doing. Nadine, you have done a lot of international travel in 2023, and you came home with a lot of really nice horses. But there's one horse and one client that I know you've been on the hunt for a new horse for for quite some time. And we got to see her do small tour at the at the thermal show last week. Tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, so I have a very, very special client, Lori Nielsen, who's been with me for many years. And if anybody has the bad horse shopping luck, it's her. I think we have vetted more horses than I care to admit and have had just absolutely the worst luck. And so I finally said, you know what, I'm just going to go to Europe. I'm going to do a big trip and look at a bunch of horses. And so we finally found her mare, Scarlett, and she had done M level, which is equivalent to third level in Germany, was always owned by the same amateur. I tried to avoid sales barns at all costs if I can. So I, I put a lot of work into shopping for my clients and I tried yeah. to find horses that were owned by amateurs or by juniors or, you know, from from a trainer where it's the trainer's horse and the trainer brought the horse along. Like our Roy um, came from Jürgen Höfler who, you know, brought him along and up the levels and then it was just time to sell him when he reached a Grand Prix level. And um, so, yeah, so that's how we would get Scarlet and the vetting went beautifully and we imported her and um, I was able to continue her education. Lori writes her a lot at home. And so she just did her first pre-St. George. And I think there's a lot more in the tank and it was good. She was patient because I think we ended up with exactly the horse that she was supposed to be with. And I feel good about buying this horse because it came from good people. You know, it was well-trained and I, it was just very trackable. Like I know exactly where the horse came from yeah. and that's so yeah. important for me. So like I shopping has definitely, I think <laughs> you have to vote with your dollars and you have to put the work in if you want horses that really come from one hand and you know exactly what they've been through and, and where they're from. And that's super, super important to me. Like that's yeah. definitely I been a mission. I say that like twice a day, vote with your dollars. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. It's true. I bought my, my last young horse. I uh, bought him from the breeder and the rider and he came over and I asked certain questions and it, it's, it's really fantastic when you're able to do that. And, and, but it does take more work and it takes someone who knows it's someone and it's, work. 
it's much more work. But Nadine, I'm going to switch gears really fast because it is the week we are recording uh, the week before Christmas and, and the holidays are coming up. So I wanted to see, I mean, you're traveling, I'm traveling, but what are you going to be doing for the holiday season? So my husband and my son are actually coming to Southern California tomorrow. And so we're going to get to spend Christmas right by the ocean on the beach um, Mm. and have the horses here. And it will just be, it'll be a little bit different. It will not be a white Christmas, but (laughs) it will still be beautiful. And I'm glad they get to come down. And so they're coming for a week. And actually, my best friend from Germany is coming for the last two weeks to help me and to see the new horses. And so uh, I'm actually really excited. I think it's going to yeah. be a really fun, fun holiday. It, a little bit it different, is different. Yep. It is different. My husband and I are doing the same thing. We'll probably take our dog uh, to the beach or on Boxing Day and, and let him run and just have a good time together. And uh, a little bit different, but uh, sometimes it's fun to travel. And when your family comes, it just becomes family time. So I love it. Well, Nadine, thank you so much for your time. This was so much fun. And if our listeners have any questions or want to find you online, how do they do that? So I'm on Facebook, um, super easy, just with my name, Nadine Schwartzman, same with Instagram. And like I said, I'm great on Messenger. So if anybody wants to get in touch with me about, you know, the new tests or anything else dressage related, just shoot me a message. Um, I'm always happy to talk to people. You go have amazing rides with Sabine. Tell her we all said hi. I love it. Love it. I'm going to keep watching on Facebook. Thank you for having me. Take care. Happy New Year. Well, as always, we love your emails and Facebook shout outs. Keep them coming. Uh, and we hope you all have a very happy holidays. But Noah, we have to ask, what are you up to? You know, uh, for me, my family's Jewish and uh, Hanukkah just ended. And, uh, you know, it wasn't I was super busy and on the road, so I didn't really have a whole lot of time to celebrate. But, you know, um, for me, it's the holidays is kind of what you make it and what you want it to be. And I'm surrounded by all the people that I love. And I love to work with a lot of these people, too. And that's my my show family, my road family. It's kind of uh, the family circus. And, uh, and so I think, you know, it's, it's happening and I'm really looking forward to the new year. We just, there's so many exciting things that are happening in 2024 and, um, whether it's in, in our horse sport or whether it's in the, the competitions or the people in the sport that we get to rub shoulders with every day, I'm just super excited. It's going to be a great new year and I hope everybody has a great new year too. Oh, I love it. Well, we're kind of the what same about way. You? Yeah, I mean, we're kind of the same way here. Um, I'm just looking forward to being here with my Florida family. And uh, I always go to Geraldine Gibson's and Joe Hubschman's for uh, Christmas Eve with their son. Aww. And uh, it's so fun. And, you know, I've been doing it now for several years. So it's sort of part of our tradition. And uh, I, I, yeah, I'm actually taking care of my own horses on Sunday and um, Christmas, sorry, which is actually quite nice. I don't, I don't get to have that time with them. And like, it's probably going to take me all day to do seven stalls, but I don't care. I'm going to love on those ponies and just <laughs> and have Christmas music blaring and, you know, get to have my dog. And then my husband's flying in the afternoon. So uh, it'll be just a fun kind of downtime again, a little bit before things really get rocking and rolling. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So, and then maybe a little rest. It's uh, <laughs> it's been a long week, uh, but that's kind of part of it. And uh, just kind of getting in my routine down here. And we will definitely take uh, my husband. And I like to take Winston to the beach 
eat so he can, our dog, and, um, you know, he just run around like a wildcat. It's great. And uh, so <laughs> it should be, a, it should be a really fun kind of downtime for Christmas. So Love we hope you guys all have, yeah, have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. And as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our page at horseradionetwork.com, search Dressage Radio Show. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. And I'm too cool to have a website, but you can follow <laughs> me on Facebook at noah.ratner, or you can email me at region6dir at usdf.org. We'd like to thank our friends and our show sponsors at Kentucky Performance Products. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Well, this year's coming to an end, and I just really wanted to take one last time to thank the whole community that we have here. You guys have been amazing friends and listeners, and... uh, we want to wish you the happiest of holidays. Uh, this has been a, a rough fall for us uh, here on the show, but um, my goodness, I so appreciate you all. We have so many new adventures for the show. Noah, we're so glad to have you. I also really want to thank our producer, Paul. Uh, he's not on a lot, but he has been with me through this entire year and this fall. And uh, Paul, shout out to you. You've been absolutely amazing. And Glenn at the Horse Radio Network. And I want to thank you all very much for all of your support. So we hope you have a very happy holiday. And again, thank you all from my heart for, for being part of the show and, and st- sticking around with me. I so appreciate it. So happy holidays. Cheers to 2024. It's coming and uh, we'll see you next year. 